Welcome to Now I See, a place where people share their eye-opening moments and how it changed the way they see themselves, their world, and their place in it. We hope you'll be encouraged and inspired by the stories you hear and challenged to see things in a whole new way, too. Sit back and enjoy this show that we've prepared especially with you in mind. I'm your host, Kit McCarty. Today's special guest is Kathy Andrews. Welcome, Kathy. Hello, how are you? Thanks for the invite. I am so glad you're here today. Kathy is going to share her hair-raising survivor story. Actually, it's a scalp-raising story because Kathy has survived brain surgery twice. Kathy was born and raised in rural Arkansas and now lives in the suburbs of Texas with her husband and three children, which I'm sure you'll hear more about today. Kathy earned her degree in early child care from Walden University and her master's at Relay Graduate School. She has owned and operated a preschool daycare and is a teacher who currently works in elementary education with students who have learning challenges. I'm sure she has a lot to teach us today about persistence, toughness, and courage. Kathy, I see you as compassionate, strong, brave, selfless, and giving. How do you see yourself? Thank you. I see myself as not giving up. I don't know how brave I am, but giving up is not an option for me. I know I have a reason to be here, and I'm going to push through and do what everything that's needed of me at this point, but I wouldn't say that I'm so brave. What is it about you that makes you not give up? My family. My support from my family and my friends. And when I think about what I'm going through and I hear about other people going through a worse situation, I have a reason to push through. I have a reason to be a fighter. I have a reason to be a runner and to complete that race because I am currently doing radiation and that's to prevent my tumor from growing. I do have a benign tumor and that's the blessing that I have that is not cancer. So when I go in for my radiation treatment and I see these people coming in that do have cancer, that lets me know you're going to fight even harder. I'm not not just fighting for myself. I'm fighting for other people. I love that. You are a fighter, and you're really strong. Have you always been a fighter? Is that, has that always been in you, or is it recent because that, you've had to? I think that was um, sort of like a given gift to me. I am the middle child, but I am the oldest girl. So there was a lot of things that, and a lot of people that was dependent on me um, because of my position in my family. But I come from a good household where it was a single household with my mom, but my mom instilled a lot of positive things in us, and she built us to be strong. It wasn't no having a a party pooper sad time. She would always tell us, well, this is what you need to do, and this is what you're going to do. We didn't have an option. I mean, we dealt with a situation where most other kids in our neighborhood didn't have to deal with But we did the things that as a unity, as a family, as a group, 
because my mom was going out to work, we knew to have the house clean. We knew to take care of the younger ones. We knew that when one needed something, we all did it as a group. So we learned unity early in life. I do see you as a team player, and I've seen you work at, with different groups, and you are absolutely uh, a champion for those who are struggling um, and an encourager of those who are doing well. So you absolutely are a team player. Do you think your mom was a fighter? Do you think that's where you learned yes, it? Yes, I think she was a fighter. Um, I think she was forced and pushed in a situation where she had to be a fighter because she loved her kids. Yeah. She wanted to see us do well. Did we have the best all the time? No, but did we have things? Yes, and I can never remember not one time we was ever hungry or we went without shelter. She was a provider. I love her for that. Wow, that is a lot of strength. And I guess that maybe is why you're such a fighter, not just for yourself, like you said, but for others, for the people that look up to you, the people that you're responsible for, and for all the people who can't fight. I sure see that in you. Um, so what are some other attributes that you think have really helped you um, stand in this time that would knock so many people to their knees? Or maybe you feel like you've spent a lot of time on your knees. You're fighting from a low <laughs> I position. Have, uh, I think my first challenge um, growing up, I was a teenage mom. I, have, I had a son before, prior to getting married. I had a son. I was still in high school. But I had such a good support group where I was able to provide, take care of my son. I'm so proud of him today. He is a strong worker today. And we share a very special bond together. And um, I think that's when my challenges first started. I knew that I was going to be successful because I had someone to be successful for. And that, that was my son. I love that. I'm sure those those times were hard, too. Um, and you've also been a champion for your daughter. Yes, I have a daughter, Kiara. My daughter is so special. When you say your best friend, I could truly say she will forever always be my best friend. She's my daughter. She, when I hurt, she hurt. When I'm thinking things, she's thinking the same thing. She has supported me. They both have supported me throughout my journey. And I can't leave out Dalton and my husband. My husband, I know he loses a lot of sleep at night, but constantly through the night, he's constantly saying, are you okay? Are you all right? Are you comfortable? And then there is my little adopted Dalton. Dalton is um, full of energy. And that energy does spill off into me, and that keeps me going because of his energy. We all love him. But going through what I'm going through, if you didn't have a support group, it is tough. Do I cry? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to shed some tears right here, I can tell. <laughs> yes. I, I do cry. And then people ask me, when I see my future, what do I see? And I have a scripture, uh, Psalms 100, make a joyful noise. So I keep that in my head each time I go in for my radiation treatment. I just sit there and meditate because it could be worse. And do I see a future? Yes, I do see a future because I know I'm here for a reason. 
and my reason is to continue and keep fighting. And the only way that I am going to make it through this is staying positive. Has that been hard for you? Because you are a very upbeat person, not just well, for yourself, but for everybody in your life. There's moments, yes, um, it is hard. And I am a teacher. And um, there are some days I don't feel like teaching. There are some days I don't feel like getting up. But I um, program myself to do that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people do ask, how are you feeling today? And I know if you speak positive vibe, mm-hmm. that becomes you. And I said, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I'm doing great. Mm-hmm. When sometimes I feel like that you're not okay. And I guess... um Sometimes it is okay to say I'm not okay, but I'm just so used to pushing through anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that there are certain people in our lives who have earned the right to know how we're really doing. I think a lot of people would be scared or intimidated by our honest responses. So I think that it shows wisdom and discretion to be able to tell people either I'm doing okay or I'm not. Um, and, and to know which ones will be there for you to fight for you when you can't fight for yourself. And I'm sure there have been those times too. In fact, I've kind of seen you through some of that shortly after your surgery. That was a real challenge when, um, a a group of us came and stood on your lawn and brought you food and prayed for you and, um, and got to visit with you. Um, and that was so appreciative of that. I just saw how hard that was because it was so straight from surgery. And to be honest with you, I was scared. I was scared for you. I didn't know if you were going to make it. I know you wanted to and you had a lot to fight for, but I was scared. And I thought, if I am, what is it like inside you? Right. Mm-hmm. So, right. Um, but, but you've done great. I mean, your recovery has been remarkable and you're already back at work. Yes, and you've resumed I'm a lot of activities. I am going through radiation, and the reason for the radiation is to stop the tumor from growing. Um, because doctors couldn't get it all. They got it Because the, my like doctor, they, they couldn't get it all out. It's still like 5%, and the, the percent that's left was pushing on my brain stem, which, which could cause more damage. So the radiation is going to uh, stop it from growing. And hopefully throughout the year, it'll start decreasing. So I'm, right now I'm doing 28 rounds. Oh, my word. And I am on number 15, so I'm halfway there. Mm. And I'm just pushing through. And I have the support team to do it with me. Wow, that's amazing. And how often do you have to go for treatment? I have to go every day. Every day. Every day except for Saturday and Sunday. Yes, ma'am. Every day. That was my thought. That was my expression as well. When when he said, you have to do 28 rounds, I said, okay, we could do that. I'm thinking maybe a but, couple of weeks. But no, but once um, it got started, it's every day. It's a small dose a day, but it's just the idea I go every day. Yeah. It does drain me. It does make me tired, and I feel nauseated, 
and I'm still trying to work. But I have taken off some days due to the tiredness. Uh-huh. Wow, that's really a challenge. So what happened in your heart when you first heard the diagnosis? Well, let's back up even before then. How did you know to even look for this? Well, I first noticed, I mean, having a headache growing up in the South is like, that was like the norm. That's a high humidity day. Yeah, that's like a (laughs) normal day for me, having a headache. So I would take Tylenol, but then the headaches would get worse. And when the tumor actually shifted in my brain, it was one Sunday. I never forget it. It shifted. And my whole world was just spinning around me. I got Uh very dizzy. Uh -uh. Um, I was sitting at the kitchen table and I just asked my husband to hold me because I felt like I was losing gravity. And um, I went to the hospital. They couldn't find anything. They did a CT scan, but they didn't know what they was looking for. So I kept having headaches. I would go to the doctor. I did another CT scan. They didn't find anything. So finally, very thankful for this nurse. I went to the ENT doctor to get my hearing checked because I lost my hearing in my left ear because of the tumor. She noticed me fumbling in, walking. She said, do you do that often? And I said, oh, yes. Blame me to the older age. Um, you know, I took a couple of steps, almost falling. And she said, we need to do an, another test. So they did a brain scan this time of the whole brain. And that's when they found it. Wow. So at the moment, the way it was located, they didn't have a neurology here in Dallas to, that could go in that area to remove it because it was in it's in a dangerous area which uh close to my uh central nervous system which could affect other things but i did they did find a a doctor in dallas that said he could do it so that was my first surgery he went in it took seven hours And he removed as much as he could. Surgery, surgery went fine. Everything was fine. I bounced back. I was out for work two months. I went back, and I was fine. The next year, uh, 2019, it was gradually growing back, but it was growing back. And he didn't want to wait as long to do another surgery because where it was sitting, the bigger it is, the more dangerous it is to go in. So I had another surgery, 2020, which lasted 11 hours. He got all of it out for 5%. So he said, we won't do another surgery. It's too risky now. But we can do radiation, which is called a proton radiation. Mm-hmm. Good. So I do. that's what I'm currently doing now. And it's, I mean, my fight is not over. That's not acceptable. I'm not going to believe that. I'm going to do everything I need to do because I have a reason to fight. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. So how did you feel when they told you it was a brain tumor? Did you feel some relief saying, oh, good, now we know what it is? Or were you scared out of your mind? I was terrified. Yeah. Yeah. I was terrified. I was angry. Of course. I was upset. I mean, because you're and healthy. And I started you're asking, why? Why me? Yeah, what course. caused this? Where did it come from? And it's just uh, 
something that just randomly happened. And I guess he needed a strong, a strong, it takes a strong soldier to do this, to go through this. So. Yeah, you've certainly inspired me and so many others. Listeners, we're going to take a break right now. We'll be back in just a minute with more of our story from Kathy Andrews. Necessary to me. During COVID, when we were all facing challenges that appeared insurmountable, I wanted to remind people that they too could do hard things. I wanted to share stories of normal, everyday people just like Kathy, Dale, Dave, Brenda, Linda, Trent, Jenny, Becky, and so many more who were doing hard things and triumphing through them. I love their stories of risk, adventure, strength, perseverance, and creativity. I love their insights and wise counsel. Each story has been so inspiring to me, and I hope to you as well. Do you know someone who would be encouraged and inspired by Kathy's story today? Please share this podcast with them. You can boost our visibility and impact by subscribing and leaving a great rating and review so others can find us too. That's how the algorithms work. We'd love to hear about your stories, so comment on our threads on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find links to all of those on our site at nis.media. Once you're there, you can read our show notes and blog about today's guest. You can sign up for our weekly newsletter, and you can catch up on episodes or blogs you may have missed. I'm still cracking up about my conversation with last week's guest, Amy Opperly. So much fun! Join us next week to hear Izzy Reed tell us about her latest artistic endeavors and where you can see and buy her unique creations. Now, back to our show. Okay, we are back from our break. Uh, thank you for staying with us. We're going to continue Kathy's story. So Kathy, we were talking about how you found out about your brain tumor and the actual surgery. Um, let's talk a little bit now about what happened afterwards. Uh, certainly during that time and right after everything changed for you, what were some of the changes? What happened afterwards was, this is when my faith really came into reality. And I look at every moment as a serious moment. Every minute, every day, when I get up in the morning, I'm just thankful to be able to get up. Mm. I'm so thankful to be able to breathe. I'm so thankful to be able to share positive thoughts and things with my family members. So every day is so special. And I look at things serious. It could be as much as eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That's very important to me to be able to eat that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so thankful just getting up when I've had a good night rest. And my husband and I, every morning, my husband and I and Dalton, every morning we pray in our route going to school. Sweet. Every night before we lay down, we're praying. Throughout the day, I am praying. I mean, everything is just so important. And I 
I just learned I'm not going to put off today something I can do today, tomorrow. You might not have it tomorrow. I might not have it tomorrow. Yeah. So were you always a grateful person or was that something that happened during this time? Because I think it's moments like these that really reveal to us what's important and who's mm -hmm. important and what's worth fighting for, what's worth fighting for. And I think you discovered those things. I think after my second surgery is when the light bulb really came on. I really started looking at who's important and what's important to me. Yeah, I think so. And I started thinking about not stressing over things that I couldn't control. Good. So now things I can control, I'm just thankful for that. I'm thankful to be able to say, oh, I can control this. I can get up in the morning every day and say, oh, wow, this is going to be a great day. And I see it happening. And I, I take that moment right then and say, God, I thank you. You said ask and you shall receive. And I see little things that I'm receiving. And it could be as maybe I felt good for 10 minutes. And mm-hmm. then maybe I felt bad for two hours. But I'm so appreciative of those 10 minutes just to feel that greatness. And my daughter, I have to mention her once more Every radiation treatment that I have went to, she said, Mom, I will drive you. I can't drive myself, but she wants to be part of that journey. And she told me, Tears are good. Let them flow. She told me, she said, Mama, whatever I need to do, I'm going to go through this with you. I'm fighting with you. And just to know, that she giving up her time just to fight with me, that's that's big. And I appreciate that. But she uh, is a great cheerleader and she is one of your biggest defenders. In fact, I think my first impression of her was her fierce loyalty and love and respect for you. I think yeah. she told me your story. She in fact she may have made you tell your story to the rest of us because she was just so proud of you. And yeah. um yeah, I can see how she has been such a good support to you during this time. She I'm so is. glad she's doing she this. She really with you. is, and I know they both be worried. Of course, well, of course. all of them, but she's strong. She's a strong woman. Maybe like your mama. Yep, she's a strong. Woman. <laughs> I'm so glad that you had her to walk with you through this because I can't imagine doing this alone. And so, and I'm sure it's been a blessing for her too. So often we want to help people that we know are hurting, but we just don't know how. She found a way. And I'm sure it's been as good for her to be there for you as it is for you to have her there with you. So um, you were talking about um, being grateful and how that makes a difference in your day, that you just have a certain level of expectation that I will find something about which I can be grateful today. I might have to look for it, but I expect to find it. And I think it's that positive thought process, that positive energy that really will will propel you through some difficult times. What are some other lessons that you've learned? Um, I also learned to pay attention to your body. Your body, your temp, that's your temple is so important. You need to pay attention to who you put in your body around, what you put inside your body. Yes, it's it's very important to pay attention to your body, and some things just not meant to overlook. 
And I believe in natural herbs, natural vitamins, natural. I mean, so if you can put natural things and positive things inside your body, you're going to get a positive results. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. You also said um, earlier that one of the things you learned in this process is to let go of the things you couldn't control. That's a hard one. How'd you, how'd you yes. walk through that? Um, letting go things you can't control, like, for example. Pretty much everything. I think control, which, yeah, control be, is an illusion. It's a lot. I mean, it's like, um, okay, I have a tumor. I can't yeah. control that right now. I can only go through the steps that's been instructed for me to do. Can I just wake up and snap my finger and say, you don't have a tumor? Go. You can control that. No, mm-hmm. but it does exist. I do have a tumor. And I need to take the necessary step to prevent myself from getting sicker, weaker, or I don't know. I mean, I just, there's nothing I can control. But I can control doing the treatments. I can't control praying. I can't control accepting people to do things for me. Those are the things I can control. Uh So there are days that you lack energy. How did you learn to pace yourself? Or do you still think maybe, you know, it just, for me, and I haven't had a brain tumor, I think I can do way more than I actually can. And I get so frustrated with the things that I can't do. You I, had to learn that. How did you I did. work I through that? I set a goal. Like when I wake up, I'm feeling tired. I may say, well, I can't get up and go wash my face. Okay, I wash my face. Now I can brush my teeth. Okay, I brush my teeth. Now let me try to put my clothes on. I can put my clothes on. Those are small tasks, simple tasks for somebody that does it probably less than five minutes, it may take me a little longer to do it, but I've completed those tasks. And then sometime I get up and I said, I'm going to just sit here for a moment. I tell Dalton, Dalton, I'm just going to sit here for a moment and then we're going to leave. I do that. Those are small, simple tasks, but those are big tasks for me some days. Yeah, I imagine so. How much did you have to relearn after your surgeries? Um... Well, when I first, my second surgery, I couldn't bathe. I had to get someone assist me with that. That was hard. Yeah, that would be. I had to have someone to put toothpaste on the toothbrush for me, help me put my clothes on. So it was little things. uh, That was the rehabbing part that I had to go through, walking. Uh, I was on a walker. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember you being unstable. There yeah, in the beginning. I was unstable. Not now. Not now. I'm walking without it. Good, and I had a bedside uh, commode. I had to use that. Okay. Um, just sipping out a straw. It was just simple little stuff that it's almost like a baby learning mm-hmm. how to do those things. But gradually, as the time, the days, the weeks, the months, I got stronger. And, well, because you're a fighter. So uh, what, what was that like for you? Were you? Did that frustrate you that you couldn't Very do things? Very frustrating. How did you manage Very your frustration? Very depression. Yes, yeah, and depression. Depression. Yeah. I went through depression. How could you not? Um, 
I had to take my shower when someone was available to help me. That was yeah. very aggravating. I want to take my shower now. Mm-hmm. That so I was having a temper tantrum, and and I had to stop myself. Okay, they doing as much as they can do for me. They doing what they need to do, and they need to provide for them. So that gave me more determination. Okay, I'm going to do these things myself. Good. And I would tell my husband just lay my stuff out. And I had a a chair in the shower. I could get in the chair. I sit there. I shower. He said, "Oh, you all done? You did it by just by yourself?" I said, "I sure did." So that was something. So it was just pushing myself through. You're talking to some people right now who are facing really hard things. What advice or encouragement could you give them? Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Push through. If you listening to this now, it's a reason you listening to it. So don't give up. Just push through. You're going to do it. It's a reason for everything. Thank you for that encouragement. And to people right now who are walking with somebody who's going through something hard, what would you say to them? I would say to them, um, give them the support that they need. And what I mean by that. It's not saying to handicap them, but give them the support they need. If they need to lean on your shoulder just to walk, or if they need you to give them a glass of water, give it to them, but don't drink it. <laughs> so <laughs> good. So that's the advice. And be patient because I know some days um, I get aggravated with my husband just because he's asked, how are you? Are you okay today? And he means well, and sometimes I say, you have already asked me that. Now you're asking me again. So it's just sometimes it's hard to have that patience. And I'm working, that's what I'm working on, patience now. So when they ask me, are you okay? I, sometimes I just nod and smile. Yes, I am. And wow. I appreciate them asking and being concerned. And my son, he's not a big talker. My son, Antoine. But he'll send me a text and say, hi, mom, are you okay today? And just knowing, just knowing that he's not a big speaker, but him sending me a text, let me know he's very concerned. And I appreciate that, just him checking in on me. I would agree. So what does your future look like? My future is going to be bright. I'm going to... I'm 55. I'm going to work probably, my goal is to work 10 more years. And me and my husband, we're going to explore. We're going to see the world. We're going to do that between now and the 10 years too, but we're going to really do it when I retire because there's still a lot that I haven't seen. There's still a lot I don't know. And there's still a lot that I'm looking forward to learning. So when I ask you, are you okay? I'm okay. Thank you for asking. (laughs) (laughs) As we close close out our show today, is there anything that you'd like our listeners to see more clearly because of our conversation? We're here for a purpose. God giving us all a purpose. And when he said, that's enough and that's it, that's going to be it. But while you're here, enjoy life. Enjoy each moment, each sec, each second, and each day. 
That's why I wanted you on this show. Those are the, exactly the words I wanted you to say. Thank you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And thank you, listeners, for being our guest today, too. Come back next week, and we'll see you then. Bye-bye. We're so glad you were able to join us for today's compelling story. You can find out more about our guest today by reading our show notes or visiting our website, nis.media. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Special thanks to the team at Headset Radio for their technical expertise and to Becky Salazar for our bumper music. See you next week.